Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 156. As England head into their first quarter-final for eight years, we take a look at the team with the challenge of defeating the Wallabies and booking a place in the semis. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, only a couple of days to go until the knockouts kick off and you know we're, we're, we're starting the party. England against Australia is the first game, 8.15 kick-off. 7.45 programme starts on ITV, so don't don't be late. Um, and to discuss this England team ahead of that game, I'm joined, of course, by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. I'm still I'm feeling confident. Obviously, you get to this stage and all of a sudden, it's all or nothing. So it doesn't yeah. matter how confident you're feeling. There's obviously, obviously that element, a little, a little bit in the back of your mind that just says, ooh, but what if? Would would you rather be playing Australia or Wales this weekend? Genuinely, I don't feel like either team would change the way I'm feeling about going forward. I don't. I I, I genuinely think we are more than capable of beating both of them. Yep. And I don't really feel like one offers more of a threat than the other. I mean, I've made my <laughs> feelings on Wales pretty clear, and um, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that would say that 100 percent they'd rather be playing Australia based on form. And I guess you'd argue, well. Wales beat Australia, so in theory they're better than Australia. But this is England versus Australia and in a World Cup, so you know, I yeah, I don't think it really makes any difference. I think England. I think the key thing is that England just need to concentrate on what England do best and just go out and just keep keep performing, keep growing. There's no question they have the ability. Um, can they can they deliver on the day? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I I'm feeling I am feeling confident, like. A knockout rugby is knockout rugby. And when you're talking sort of top top eight teams in the world playing, things can happen. But I am as confident as I think you can be for a knockout game in a World Cup quarterfinal. Agreed. Dan, listen, we obviously today it's all about this this game specifically. We obviously did our, our kind of quarterfinal um, build-up episode yeah, uh, a couple of days ago where we focused on the other three teams this one it's all about England Australia so we're gonna cover that in a bit of depth but before we get into that we have had some more people reaching out and of course we like to uh, to share these these reviews and comments and, and what have you so first up um, we'll come to that actually no so first up well, Will Rule emailed me um, and I'm not going to go through all of it because he sent us a pretty lengthy email, an essay, you might say, um, but it's really interesting, um, all about the, the World Cup in the future and, and his his kind of ideas on how we can grow the World Cup and how it can benefit rugby, and I feel like it deserves a bit more focus, so we'll come back to that, but he opens up by just saying, hello lads, uh, I've been listening to the pod for its duration, but I've never written in, it's five stars without question. Uh, due to your unadulterated optimism and pure fan views. Uh, it'd be good if you carried it on after the World Cup, so I hope you consider it. Keep up the good work. Uh, and as I say, the rest of the email we will cover. It, it may even deserve being posted, I say, on our website, but no one's ever visited our website. You probably don't even know we've got one. I, I Who, me? Yeah. I, I, I was aware we had a website. I, you told me about it once before. <laughs> good. <laughs> Paying lots of attention. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. But obviously, yeah, we'll really appreciate you reaching out and and clearly 
taking the time to put together such a, such a kind of comprehensive opinion on that. We will come back to it, I assure you. Um, we've also had a review on iTunes. Uh, this is from Mesh8374, who says, it's actually Larry. Uh, so, 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 sorry, sorry, before we go on, so the Will one, was that the one you and I were just chatting about where he talks about involving the tier two nations? Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah bo bottom line is he's saying that, that you know, the, the World Cup should move from 20 teams to 32 teams. Um, and, you know, he goes into far more detail than this, but He's saying that, you know, you start including the likes of Brazil, Chile, Kenya, Korea, Hong Kong, and then in Europe, Germany, Netherlands, Portugal, Spain, you're talking about an extra 500 million in terms of the population and, you know, what that could potentially do for a World Cup when you start introducing a fan base that's 500 million, potentially 500 million stronger. Um, and it's, so, a, it's a fair point. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you say... It, Unfortunately, today's not the day, but we definitely want to go into more detail. It's caught my attention, this one. I wonder whether Will actually works within... Well, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what he does. In my head, I was thinking, does he work as part of something to do with rugby? Because he seems to be very knowledgeable. Uh, mate, who knows? Maybe he'll reach out and let us know. Um, Maybe it's actually Bill Beaumont. It probably is. Will, Bill Beaumont, Will Rule. They're pretty similar. Basically the same person. Um, but yeah, sorry. But no, Will, thanks very much. And we'll definitely come back to this one. Indeed. So yeah, Mesh8374, a.k.a. Larry. Uh, always hungry for more rugby podcasts. Fair. I've been with these guys from the start. Not to say it wasn't a little frustrating, but the chat, speculation, befuddled musings and gross partisanship is guaranteed to grow on even the most casual England rugby fan. The live yes. game recordings are a unique feature not found with their more practiced competitors. Uh, a nice post-international fixture pudding. Uh, though reducing the pre to increase the half-time and post-match coverage would be more appropriate given 99% of listeners already know the result. <coughs> Your regularity is key to loyal uh, listenership, lads. So thank you and keep it up, Larry. Five stars. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate that. I do too. Um, in response to the, 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 kind of the live games, um, certainly... The post-match we could extend, um, and and obviously up until now we've been, you know, the first few games of this World Cup we have been doing the episode that we're doing right now in the pre-game uh, sort of section. Um, or is that what he's saying? I, I I'm not sure. You have it possibly, but I actually I actually think this is quite good. We've kind of this would normally be what would be our sort of pre kick off amble but we're doing it a couple of days before so people can listen to our thoughts before which i think yeah. is probably yeah, and obviously probably the half time yeah we are limited with the half time uh, option uh, because obviously the whole point of it is that we're doing it during the actual half time so we have 10 15 minutes max and when you've got to account for uh, you know actually connecting with one another and, and then having the, the conversation and then getting back in front of the tv again um that that's more limited but we could certainly spend a bit more time post-match just trying to digest things and I think that probably will be the natural course of things uh, as the games get more and more intense as the knockouts uh, in, in our defence we have limited time post-match because it just depends on my level of drunkenness so you know th there's... this is very true or concentration or <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. or anything else like if a squirrel runs through the garden or something he does have a habit of chasing squirrels <laughs> well they're, they're, yeah. they're assholes. 
<laughs> Larry, we really appreciate your feedback uh, and your comments. And guys, keep them keep them coming. Um, at England Rugby Pod on social media, EnglandRugbyPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Or as Larry did, head over to iTunes and rate us, review us on there and let us know what you think. We really appreciate hearing from you guys. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right, on to the main event. <laughs> yes. England yes, yes. against Australia. Team's been announced. Yep. Um, uh, initial thoughts, or should we? I mean, th- yeah. Initial thoughts from you. So, so my my initial thoughts for me, I was I was surprised but not upset by the team. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that, the, that makes sense. The, uh, the big talking point is, of course, Ford Farrell. Uh, Ford, seemingly the in-form fly half, not just for England, but you know, f- according to a lot of people at this World Cup, has been uh, relegated to the bench. Uh, and Farrell, who perhaps has not had his best game in the last couple, has moved to 10. Um, so something similar happened in 2015. Well, so, so something similar did happen in 2015. But more importantly, and this is something I wanted to go through, because I looked at this team and I thought last time we played Australia, uh, November 2018, the Autumn Internationals. So I had a look at the team... But we put out that day where we won fairly convincingly. I can't remember the final score. It was something like 39-10 or something, wasn't it? I mean, it was a fairly convincing win. Um, And looked at this team. It is a very similar team. So there's five changes from the team playing this Saturday compared to who played uh, in that 2018 game. But all five of those changes, I would say, are because these players were injured at the time. So up front... Uh, Mako comes in instead of Ben Moon. I mean, that, that's yeah, a given. No, no, one's, of no one's complaining about that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shields, we've got Curry instead of Shields. That is slightly different because we're make up of a back row and we'll go into more depth here, but that is going to be such an interesting thing. Curry and Underhill versus Pocock and Hooper. I mean, that's surely the... I mean, uh, we've obviously seen this a lot. Um, it, it, well, it's not a lot, but you know, over the, over the course of the last few games, this has been Eddie's go-to back, th- back row. Um, yeah, but against Australia in particular, I mean, it's an obvious choice, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's it's designed to try and negate the the Pocock Hooper threat. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly that. And because in 2018 we had uh, at number eight we had Mark Wilson, and Mark Wilson is a brilliant player and has been playing brilliantly over the last year or so. But obviously Billy's fit, so you play Billy. Yeah, and. And Wilson, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, he's unlucky not to be on the bench. But I understand why Ludlam's there ahead. Wilson, if if you're against it, if you're against the All Blacks, if we were playing the All Blacks or South Africa, I think Wilson's on the bench or playing because he's such an attritional player when you're up against it defensively. To me, Ludlam's more attacking player. And yeah. I think Eddie's gone for a really attacking threat. Oh, 100%. Um, that, the, bench, the bench is designed to... I mean, front row is a little bit different because that's, that's not so much attacking. It's almost the other way around. Fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're um, all just fat. But, but yeah, certainly when you look at the, the back line and, you know, a lot, so this Ford Farrell thing, a lot of people saying it's, it's crazy. He's clearly gone for a defensive starting 15. You know, he, what, he's you, conscious... You think Eddie has? Yeah. So I... So I don't think it is. I, I understand why you say that. And, and Eddie well, said a, in an interview. Yeah, it's a mixture, isn't it? I, I'm thinking about the midfield specifically. So I'm yeah. talking about the Ford-Farrell change-up. The reason why Farrell moves to 10 and then 
and then you know the the center partnership is made up um the way it is with with um Manu and Henry Slade is to kind of bulk up the the midfield from a defensive point of view particularly to try and deal with the likes of Karevi uh playing in in the centers who you know has been one of Australia's most attacking players in this world cup so far He's a big oak as well. Uh, so I agree with that. Defensively, it does seem more. But I also think that Eddie realised a way to unlock Australia and the way that we can get points against them is hold, hold them up in the middle. Then when we go wide, they struggle to live with us. I always... uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have a defensive... We don't have, have defensive width. We're all about attack, you know, with the likes yeah. of, of May and Watson and Noel, if he's fit, and even, you know, Kokonasiga, despite his size. These guys are not there because they're because of their defensive prowess, not to say that they're not, you know, strong, strong in defence. They're there because, you know, they're a quality attacking setup. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, we're all, always out wide, you know, and, and in our back three, we're looking to attack. Um, but, yeah, that midfield specifically and, and the reasoning, I think, behind the forward being moved to the bench. But obviously, you know, in attack, we've seen it. You know, Ford and Farrell together with Manu outside offers something, uh, you know, Potentially even Ford with, I don't know, Manu and JJ or Ford, Farrell, JJ. Or the, there's various options. And that's kind of what this bench is is suggesting. Is that, yeah. you know, play, you know, get get that first sort of 60 minutes out of the way. Strong defensively. Don't don't let Australia um, take advantage of their, of their attacking players. Don't let them get points on the board. You know, really limit their opportunities. And then kind of switch to that attacking mode and really kind of take it to them and, and put the game to bed. Yeah, I think so. Because in the batch, the only changes are made like at 12 to a laggy comes in. He In, in uh, November, when we played 12, Tio started at 12. So it is kind of a like-for-like change, except to a laggy, with all due respect to Tio, to a laggy is a better player. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting, and- we talk about Manu now and, and uh, you know, friend of the pod, Billy, uh, has messaged me to say so we benched the best fly half of the tournament so far and move Manu from his best position of 13 to 12 I give up trying to understand Eddie I'm just going to sit back watch and hopefully enjoy the ride so so that is a good argument that is a good point because Ford has been the best fly half and Tuolagi at 13 is destructive but I think this team is picked because Eddie knows that's how we can beat the Australians yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, people talking about players playing out of position. I mean, we as the fans see them playing in position for 80 minutes once a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if Manu has a good game at 13 for the 80 minutes that we watch him in a particular match, that doesn't mean that actually he wouldn't have been better at 12 or that he's been training and looking better, you know, training in the 12 shirt. Um, so I, I wouldn't put too much into the fact that he's being moved a couple of metres inside yeah um, if we had like Marler at 10 I'd start questioning yeah, it a lot yeah. more but you know but but you know so so I, I yeah I wouldn't I'm not too concerned about it and you know the the thing is is that the the positions are not fixed as in there's no reason why they couldn't play why, why Manu is starting as a 12 but at t- certain periods of the game whether it's you know whether it's a, a, a kind of you know for all we know they're going to have a thing where they switch it up in, in between attack and defense um yeah yeah you know, there's nothing to say that they have to stay in those positions throughout the match. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about that. I think the fact is is that you've got Manu in the centres. Uh, I think Henry Slade, uh, obviously, when he was last playing regular rugby for England, he was looking great. He got injured. JJ came in and he was looking great. 
Slade's not had a lot of game time. Is this a bit of a risk? Uh Yes, it is. I, what I find interesting here, and you mentioned the defensive side, and that's something that um, Eddie also mentioned in an article. But JJ is also a brilliant defender at 13. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, I I think there's, yes, the defensive side, because Slade is solid defensively there. I think it might be about his distribution. Yeah, while well, offering a, a second playmaker, yeah. but just a little bit wider. So you almost have sort of... To, to get to get our to get our fast boys, get our Ferraris in the mix more because Slade's distribution is absolutely immense. I'm not saying JJ's is bad, but I, no. I back Slade over JJ for that. Um, but equally with JJ on the bench, JJ could. But by the time JJ, this is what how I picture it. By the time JJ comes on, the Aussies are so like in defence, they are so worried about Slade's distribution to a laggy crashing up. But suddenly you've got the dancing feet of JJ. They're just going to implode and start just crying. I like it. I like, I like yeah. the optimism and I like your prediction. I mean, Slade's, one of Slade's main roles, well, not particularly, but in defence is dealing with Jordan Pattaya. Uh, this yes. is a guy who is debuting at centre. It's only uh, his third yes, cap. Yes. It's only yeah. his third cap in total. Is I mean, some people would look at that and, and say, you know, if you're an Australian fan or looking at, at the Australian team, oh, that's that's a, a gamble. Um, but we've seen it before. Often when you put players in with little experience, they're obviously good enough to be there. It can so, actually become a bit of a problem because, one, we don't know that much about him. Yeah. He's not been studied in the same way as, as the guys with 100 caps. Um and he's almost got less to lose. I mean, obviously, he's got, he does have a lot to lose because if he was ending, if he ended up being responsible for Australia looking knocked out of the World Cup, it's going to be remembered. But expectation is, I think, naturally lower, particularly if everyone's kind of going, what are we doing, you know, Australia? Why are we, why are we putting a guy in with absolutely no experience? I think that's, that's an area England needs to just be very cautious of. So I, I agree. I didn't know much about this guy. Uh, I YouTubed him. He looks he looks pretty useful. He's a good player. And, you know, Karevi the danger man. England, I think, just need to back themselves to 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 deal with him physically without sucking too many people in. You know, we don't want them to, to have their version of a Manu. Only Manu can be the man that, uh, that sucks in defenders. Please? Yes, yes, absolutely. But looking at the team, it looks, it looks good. Like I said, I thought Wilson was a bit unlucky to be left out, but I understand why, because I do think it's gone for a more attacking option from the bench. Um, Laws ahead of Cruz? That's, yes, yeah, so that's an interesting one. It was a Toje Laws who started the second row in November 2018. And from memory, they dominated up front. So Well, that's going to be key today. I mean, that's what we're, that, I'm assuming that's, that's what Eddie's looking at. First and foremost, it's about dominating the front five. And, you know, you, you look at that, Vunapola, George, Sinclair, Itoje, Laws, you've, you've got the names to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if they can do that, what I'd like to see is uh, a display, a dominant display, uh, a.k.a. 2007. <laughs> Semi-final, was it? Quarter-final. Quarter-final. There you go. We, repeat. Let's have a repeat of that. That's what I want to see. Well, I'd rather have a repeat of uh, last autumn where we just took them apart. Yeah, but if we're talking World Cups... Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Let's not repeat 2015, let's repeat 2007. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. Because um, England's, last, England's last knockout win in, in a World Cup was against Australia in 2007. No, it wasn't, no, it was against France. Sorry, against, 
Oh, yeah, what? My, what? That, yeah, it was against right. France yeah, yeah. in 2007, yeah. That was the semi-final, wasn't it? Yeah, semi-final, because then 2011, we went out in the quarters to France. Yeah. And then 2015, we don't need to, we don't need to talk about 2015. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we went out in the quarters. So the last time England won a knockout game... Was France 2007. 2007 yeah. to get into the final. Yeah. Correct. 20, the year 2015 never actually happened. It just went, it went 2014. Yeah, why did they cancel that World Cup? I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird. Weren't we supposed to host it? Uh, yeah, but it just it just didn't take place. Uh, maybe we should host the next one. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon that's a great idea. Um. So yeah. So what what else about this team? I mean, <clears throat> wait, yeah, hang on. Let, we, let's not move away from the Laws Cruise debate. Other than the fact that Itoje Laws started against Australia in that Autumn International series in 2018, what what other reasoning is there behind this? Uh I don't know, actually. Um, maybe maybe Laws is seen as more in-your-face, confrontational. And maybe that's what Eddie wants. I genuinely don't know because Cruz, Cruz, to me, has been playing some really good rugby and is a big threat. Laws, I think, I think, Law, I think it's to shut them down. I think it's to, to try and just take the game to Australia and really, you know, smash them back in defence. And I think Laws probably offers more than Cruz in that. In that respect, we need his perfectly timed hits that are that are flirting with being not just illegal but actually criminal. criminal. Yeah, um, but but legal. Um, yes, some of those. Is there a worry that because of what you know the build up and and the expectation that, that the physicality is going to be such that cards might start flying? And when you consider who who the officials are for this game as well, they do like a red card. Yeah, the, the, the French, the Frenchies uh, do worry me. Um, is, is there a worry? Yeah, there is worry. But I mentioned the other day, if we lost a player, I think we could live with it. But it let's not let's not put ourselves in that position because it would make things ten times harder. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about Farrell playing, you know, people saying, you know, they'd have Ford instead of Farrell, but. Farrell does have a habit in this World Cup of, you know, causing the opposition to get red cards. Oh God, don't say that. <laughs> it will go. It will go the other way now. Um, yeah, I mean, and la- actually, last time out against Australia, Farrell was arguably lucky to uh, to not have seen the red himself. What? Because the Australians targeted his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, sorry, that's what I meant. The Australians were really lucky not to get sent off. Yeah, yeah for targeting Farrell's shoulder. You can't just yeah. you can't just target a man's shoulder like that. It's that like, bang out of order. Out of order. Bad sportsmanship. Yeah. Massive arms, Farrell. <laughs> um, but no, I, I when I saw the team, like I say, I, I was a bit surprised. It wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting the Ford Farrell axis. Um, I was expecting yeah, with two lagging at thirteen. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not disappointed by it. I, I'd heard a rumor that Marla was going to start ahead of Mako, um, which either one, or both are great, so fine. Uh, Henry Slade, maybe not much match time, but do you know what? Overall, I quite like it. I mean, what would you? What, what do you say is your biggest question mark? Slade, just because of because of match fitness. Yeah, I think I think so. I think, despite how good Slade has been um, pre World Cup, I th- I think that you know we're in the knockouts now, and unfortunately he didn't get fit enough to get enough game time in the uh, in the kind of the 
you know, the build-up games. I think he's played a lot of rugby this year, though, a lot of high-level rugby this year, and I think he's a class act. I, when I say biggest concern, yes, but I don't actually have concerns. I'm not concerned. But if you were picking that team, would you have JJ ahead of him right now, starting Ooh. on Saturday? No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't because I've read Eddie Jones' reasoning. What is I, reasoning? Probably... Share. Please do share. Uh, so Eddie Jones' reasoning was what you were saying earlier about the defensively. Uh, that that surely is not why Slade gets the nod ahead of Joseph. Well, no, I think so. Eddie's, yeah, Eddie, Eddie's quote was he was saying that that defensive axis, and I think, I think Slade and Tuilagi have played together more. Yeah. So I think defensively they're probably slightly more set. Um, for for me, I think he's really, and so Eddie said the 10, 12, 13 defensive channel was so important. And because they've played together quite a lot in that, I think that's why he chose him. But I also think Slade's distribution. So if I'd picked it before reading those comments, I probably would have gone JJ. But now I've heard Eddie's reasoning behind you. it. It makes better sense to me. And this is why Eddie's England coach ahead of me. It was a close shout, but they, they went with him and I understand why. Just, yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, interestingly, uh, Michael Checker, and you know he does oh, tend to say some bizarre things he has been quoted when when talking about this game um, and obviously being asked about australia's chances his quote is uh, i'm just a believer call me a sucker oh god do, do, if you're do, the do australian what... team is that what you want to hear from your coach uh do, do you know what no michael checker i tell you what he reminds me of you know sometimes if you you're in a group and you're introduced to sort of a new person in the group, and that person describes himself as crazy. They're like, oh, me, I'm just crazy. Ask all my friends, they all think I'm crazy. And automatically, I just think, I don't like you. There's <laughs> definitely a C word I would use to describe you, but it's not crazy. That is what Michael Checker does to me. I just think, I don't like you, Michael. Uh, yeah, you but having said that, I think actually, I'm now going to almost go back on myself, I think he was quite smart with the mind games when he was saying, well, surely England must win now because of that week off. But it's, yeah, my, Michael Cech is just, he's a bit of a loose cannon. He's going to say what he wants. And thankfully, I've learned to drown him out. As I think most of the rugby public have. But, you know, it, it, it could be genius. And it's all about saying the things that he knows are going to get airtime because that way people are not talking about the Australian performances, which, let's be honest, have not been great. Um no. But, I mean, okay, so here's a question for you. How much of that gets thrown out the window? All of it. When you, or, uh, when you consider, right, pool stages are over. It's knockout rugby now. Everything is on this one, you know, for, ne well, for, for, for the time being until the following weekend. Everything's on this one game. Um, you know, I, I said to you beforehand, England have a record. Um, they've won the last six meetings yeah, between, yeah. You know, against Australia. Uh, now... The Australians are obviously saying, oh, we're not focusing on that. We're not talking about that. But the reality is they're aware of it. Whether they're talking about it or not, they are aware of it. Their record against England recently has not been great. On the flip side, England are also aware of it, whether they're talking about it or not. And is there an element, you know, is there the danger that a little bit of complacency uh, can, can kind of slip into your, your, your mindset? Because whether you're talking about it or not, it is there. Yes, I. It, it's a tough one because I, I do think that come a quarter final day, I, I think historic. 
I think it's what's happened historically goes out the window. Where where it's important when we say form goes out the window, I said all of it, not all of it. Form doesn't go out the window because it, it, you may be going with a bit more confidence because of the form you're playing in. What I think's key to this game is I think 15 versus 15 or 23 versus 23, England are better players. Yep. I think England's 23 are better players than Australia's 23. But the occasion can do strange things. I, it, 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 it is a tough one, but I don't think that because, of, because like you say, in 2007, we had no right beating the Australians. The Australians were a lot better team than us at that point. And, you know, that, that day happens. And those days can happen. That's what That's the only concern. But I think we have mitigated that risk as much as we can. And by we, I mean you and me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I th- one of the problems Australia have got at the moment is they don't seem to know, you know, it's a problem that, that plenty of teams have ha- had in the build-up to the World Cup, and it's and that's the time to have them when you're t- testing things out. But they don't seem to know what their first choice, particularly their nine ten channel, looks like. Oh, they, they don't, do they? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's an argument to say that... that um, that White is is currently the form player over Genya, but Will Genya is starting. Um, you've got Lelefano. Uh, Lelefano, yeah, Lelefano, Lelefano, uh, yeah. Is obviously starting player. starting at ten. Great player starting at ten, but even he has been quoted as saying he's not really sure, like, kind of not where he fits in. But you know, he doesn't even feel like he's the starting ten. Yeah, because they've they've had Tamua start there. They've obviously got Bernard Foley who. Took us apart in 2015. Uh, if 2015 had happened, that's what would have happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It didn't, it yeah, didn't yeah. happen. Take us apart. Uh, what are you on about? Um, but it's the Australians. But they are, I think the Australians, and, and it may work in, in their favour to an extent. I hope not. But I think they are working on that. You know, no, no one gives us a chance. They're almost going that siege mentality. Um, I, I think they're relying quite heavily on that. I actually think picking Will Genya is a good shout because I'd say White has, has, yeah, exactly. I, I think big match experience, those games that he can probably rally the troops, even though he's probably not their form scrum half at the moment. And I, I think it's going to go one of two ways. England either <laughs> narrowly win or England destroy them. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I, I don't think there'll be like a middle uh, ground. Like and we'll, gonna... we'll take either one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, look, is there anything else on 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 the game itself that you wanted to to kind of cover? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We we will obviously. Um... And is this England's current first fifteen? Uh, so I don't think I. Uh, is this England's current? Well, yeah, it is because it's a knockout rugby. Everyone's fit, and that's who's. In your opinion, not in Eddie's opinion. Uh, 15, yes. Oh, really? Oh, oh, hang on. Is this current? Uh, oh, in my opinion, <laughs> possibly. I, I don't know. God, that's a hard question. Well played. Well played. Thank you. Is it? I, I would, I would probably have gone slightly different. I think forward I would have Farrell had to a laggy. I'd either have gone forward Farrell to a laggy or Farrell to a laggy Joseph, but. Bottom line I, is the first 15 will have the opportunity to play in this game, whether it's at the start or at the end. I think so. Um, okay. 
That's cl- so. So you, it, it's our best twenty-three. Uh, I, I think best twenty-three yeah, for, yeah, possibly. With, Give, given uh, given who's available, I, mean, I, f- I feel for Wilson not being in that twenty-three, but otherwise, yes. Yeah, I mean Ludlam. To be fair to him, though, you know he came along has, as a bit yeah, of a, a bit of a brilliant. sort of wild card, and and he's been brilliant. So he's earned his spot there. Um, I yeah, agree yeah. with you, Phil, for Wilson, but you know Eddie's going in, in a certain direction, and you know it's a tough call because Curry Underhill, you know, are great. Um, you could equally have Curry and Wilson, or you could have Underhill and Wilson. Yeah, but yeah. you could equally slot Ludlam in. You know, so so you know, it's been tough. It's just a good problem to have. In, in, with the with the thirty two man thirty one thirty one man, God, I've lost track of where we are. Thirty one man squad, um, yeah. because Genge likewise has been a bit of a bulldog, hasn't he? The oh, rock, he's, baby he's rhino. Unlucky. Yeah, 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 he's unlucky. Um, not, no. But you know, they they they're all playing their part, and it's certainly by no means, you know, it's it's by no means over for those that not selected today. You know, we we may well see Wilson and Genge again uh, before the World Cup is. Finished. I suspect we will. Okay, well, look, before we move on or before we call time on this episode, the other thing I've read that I thought was interesting, um, is the RFU rejected, I don't know if you heard read about this, they rejected a multi-million pound offer from Amazon to make a fly-on-the-wall documentary at this World Cup. Um, and obviously they rejected it because they felt it would be a distraction. Interestingly, Eddie had given it the go-ahead, uh, given it his blessing. So he he obviously didn't feel uh, that it was going to be a distraction. I mean, this is according to the Daily Mail, so... So it's not true, okay. Um, but what? What? I mean, one. How much have we? How much have we lost by not having this? How much would you love to have had a fly on the wall documentary following? Well, the well, well, well. It says, is there still going to be one? Not, not for the World I Cup. Wonder. Well, I wonder whether the RFU have got their own cameraman in there, and they're thinking they're going to make more money by. Well, possibly, but they they so so the the article goes on to talk about the fact that. Um, it was put to the board, so they took it that far. They didn't just reject it straight off. Um, so they obviously felt it had merit. And one of the other reasons why they've possibly gone against it is because Will Carling, um, who's obviously employed by, or was before the World Cup, employed by the RFU as a, as a mentor, um, he's also involved with the production company that were going to run the thing, and they just felt there was a conflict of interest. But it sounds like they gave it some serious thought, and that doesn't sound to me like the sort of thing you do if you're thinking why would we do yours when we're doing our own so i'm not sure there will be i mean obviously there's there's um the rising suns which has been doing a bit of uh behind the scenes stuff and that's been brilliant mm. um, and, and i just like to say joe marler possibly the new lord um the, the new archbishop of banterbury yeah, yeah i find him a- as entertaining as james hey, hey joe marler i find entertaining i can imagine he could get tiresome if if you were uh, with him, uh, I, I like Joe. But, that, really but surely do. that's and the same with Haskell. Yeah, of course, of course, it's the same with anyone, isn't it? Uh, but no, Joe Marlowe's brilliant. I he's like been him. good and, quality, and, and I think he's, I think he's got a lot more to play in this World Cup because I think he's playing good rugby as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess so. Just flicking back quickly um, and talking about the best fifteen, it does feel a little bit like the front row. I don't know, it feels the wrong way around to me. Not, you know, I want to see Vunapola George and Sinclair play 80 minutes, really, but that's not going to happen. So it, it kind of worries I me know. that when you bring on, you know, if, if the idea is that in that last 20 minutes, you really want to kind of open things up a bit because you've been super defensive, certainly in the, in the midfield early on, and you wanted to just be 
you're making it impossible for them to to get it, make it get any momentum. That's surely what your your Cole Marler combo yeah, is going to do. Whereas whereas uh, your Vinopola again your Sinclair combo up front. That's about you know playing you know with the hands of a fly half and and doing crazy things and making ground and making little breaks and. I think the front row is the exception to the rule there because I think when that's going to be different, by the time those guys come on, we'd have already won the match and they'll just be there to piss off the Aussies, just frustrate them. But <laughs> it, it, smiling in people's faces and winding them up. Exactly. But even if that wasn't the case, like what, what you say, I completely get your point. I think it's slightly different in the front row with regards to um, it, you just, it's, then the front row aren't there for attacking prowess at any point. And, We're lucky and, to have yeah, attacking yeah. prowess within our front Absolutely. rows. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's um, what I mean. You know, you've got you Cole, Cole Marler, very, very much more traditional. Um, and in fact, you know, they were interviewed together recently on the Rising Sun's latest episode and, and they both described themselves in exactly the same way. You know, they, they were sort of the old guard, um, more traditional props. And then you had the likes of Genge and Sinclair and, and Mako, you know, who who were a new breed. Don't don't forget, you've also in that on, on that bench. You've also got Luke Try Machine, Cow and Dicky. <laughs> Try and Dicky, what? Uh, yeah, that's true. So he's he's due a couple at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think he will. I think we'll get a hat trick. I think he's going to be top try scorer this world. A hat trick in the last twenty minutes. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, okay. Well, look. Let's. Let's rein it in there then, um, because we're going to need to do a little bit of a preview um, before the game. Um, as as Larry suggested, we might we might cut back on the preview and try and put a little bit more into the post game if Dan isn't chasing squirrels. Um, but uh, most importantly, uh, make sure you tune in, guys, uh, to the game, of course, but also to us afterwards. See what we had to say. Uh, if you've got questions for us. If you would like to let us know what you think of the pod, if you've been listening for a while, um, suggestions, whatever, reach out at England Rugby Pod on social media, englandrugbypod at gmail.com. If you would like to email us, um, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think on there too. That's a great way for us to see how things are going. Um, and just, yeah, keep enjoying this Rugby World Cup and have a f- cracking weekend because there are four massive games um, and I think we expect to see England, New Zealand, France, and South Africa in the in the semi-finals. Is that right, Dan? I I think we do. I think we very much do. Might be Wales. Might might be. I don't really <laughs> care. But uh, yeah, I think it probably yeah. will be. It probably will. It's probably wishful thinking that France will do them. But um, well, either way, it makes England no difference to us. Be I don't think yeah. we'll go any further than that anyway. So yeah, and England, it, England, South Africa in the final. England South Africa final, yeah. England are going to be there. It's a great weekend for rugby, and we will be back on Saturday to uh, talk talk through the game. Catch you guys then. <laughs>